we have not anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. My plan is to cry a lot and then no, I'm actually going to do well. Who am I kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points. I personally am not trying to be a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be on the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together. 11 mils sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest it into any other position. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round six and preview of round seven. This episode is brought to you by the Instant Replay. Yeah, we're tired of your excuses. Just do it already. Uh, no, actually, this episode is brought to you by the MLS Fantasy Boss website and the awesome Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, tonight, uh, I'm your host, Reed Connolly, as always, and I'm joined by our dynamic duo of usual guests. We have fresh back from his international travels, Simon Thwaites. What up? And, and uh, what fresh back from whatever it is you're fresh back from, uh, Jason Wiskovich. Hello, friends. And then I'd also like to welcome our special guest tonight, Mr. Blaine Riffle. How you all doing? Good. Hey guys. So, Blaine, this is the first time that you've been on the show, and some people may recognize you from MLS Fantasy Boss, but I figured I'd give you a chance to just introduce yourself so everyone knows why we thought you'd be a good guest to have on the Fantasy Insider tonight. Yeah, well, as Reed said, I've been with MLS Fantasy Boss this season. Used to write for a site called Vavil. Been playing fantasy for a few years and helping pioneer a homebrew draft league. And I guess this year they started doing other draft leagues on a hosted site finally yeah if so. any of you have seen the the post that i made about the draft league that i was participating in uh, blaine's actually been involved on that and it's all processed through facebook and uses google docs so it's been interesting and and we'll actually touch about that because i believe everyone on the show is actually doing draft this year so we'll we'll talk about that in a second but first guys uh round six holy cow the first legit double game week of the season and it did not disappoint, I think, from the point of view of how we expect double game weeks to be. But just in general, how did you guys do for round six? Let's see. I did. <clears throat> oh, boy. Got to edit that one out. Well, let's see. I did okay. Uh, I had 98 points, which wasn't that great. Um, still managed to move up some rankings, though, I guess, over to 117th overall after kind of a bad week before. Um, Captain Benny, that was kind of lame because he only played half of the first game, but it went okay. No complaints when you move up ranks, even if it wasn't as great as it could have been. Yeah, definitely went well for me. 108 points, uh, moved up from the 700s to 245. Um, very happy on my Wondolowski pickup for Giovinco and my Audi pickup for Dom, who was for David Villa, since Dom didn't start, I knee-jerked and sold him and brought in Adi. Uh, but yeah, and I'm really happy about my Castillo over Diaz as well. That brought me 13 instead of a goose egg, so pretty stoked on that. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, I was happy to get my 102. Uh, carried in three transfers, ended up swapping out five guys. Uh, wasn't too bad overall. Moved up a few spots. I'm still in the 700, so it wasn't great. Not but bad, though, I still for have not my wild card, wild card, which is what I'm happy about. Exactly, yeah. Um, Jason and Simon, did you guys use a wild card this round? Is Blaine the only one of us that did not? I didn't use a wild card. Okay, Simon did not. Jason, did you? Damn straight, I did. All right. I also used my wild card, and I am continuing my dig out of uh, round five, which was horrid for me. Uh, I got 103 points, all green arrows, and I'm sitting at 145 right now overall. Uh, I'd stuck with Dom Dwyer, and so I was very happy to take his goal in the first round. And uh, the four points in the second round, not awesome, but at least I got one goal out of that. I did my knee-jerk switch when I saw that Hoberry was injured and I brought in Birch and so he did he did fine for Colorado not getting a clean sheet they they got some wins so that's great for them but the the I captained Valeri and Ugh. that was just a huge disappointment and I'm really bummed that guy is not on the show 
tonight um, so that he can just share in our pity with that or give us an explanation. Did he because that was Uh I don't I don't know, but but what the hell, Valeri? Arguing and getting your yellow card, that's just ridiculous. Uh, perhaps on his podcast, I'll make sure he talks about that. But my best pickup by far was I got Barrios this round when I dropped Castillo, or sorry, when I dropped Diaz, and he got a goal in each round. And I don't know what... What made me go with Barrios, he's he's only, I guess now he's at around close to 6% ownership. I think it was less than. I just had this thing in my head where always when I'm dropping Diaz and I usually go for Castillo, it seems like always Barrios does something. Scores two goals or just does goes crazy. And so this time I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm, I'm just doing it and I'm going to go for him. Plus he was only like 8 million. So that was 8. also pretty in my vision. Yeah. So that was good. Overall, pretty pretty pleased with this round, and even with the crazy injuries that we'll get into later, I think I'm still set up to be okay moving through round ten. Uh, we're just doing trades now that I burnt that that first free wild card. So not too bad scores, very very nice guys. Are there any other general takeaways that you have from round six? There were a lot of crazy things that happened. Injuries. Injuries galore. Yes, that's. I think. I think that's the best word to sum up this round. Yep. Injuries and strep. Because MLS. There we go. That works. What you, Blaine? Any any big takeaways? Not really. I mean, it seemed like a pretty standard double game week to me. Pretty standard. Uh, you know, I have to say, I've been impressed with Orlando, and you never really know how some of these expansion teams are going to function in their first season, and I think that extends to the second one. New York City FC has been crashing and burning all around us, but I think there's some real real value there to Orlando, and we get some of those questions a little bit late in the show. Just bad luck on the refs with these last couple of weeks for them. So, But that's definitely a team to keep an eye on, and man, New York Rebels cannot catch a break. That's those are I think the two biggest things from this week is Orlando and New York Red Bulls. Just you guys are driving people crazy, and I don't understand at all what's up. Uh, and then as you were touching Blaine real quick, did this double game week live up to your expectations? Not just what you were hoping for, but as we've come to expect double games. Absolutely, um, guys got goals that you expected to get goals. Guys got injured, saw a rotation on the rosters. Just, it's always crazy for a double game week. You never know who's going to play, who's only going to get a single game out of it. And I saw a bunch of that, and the community reacted to it. Yeah, seemed fine to me, too. Um, I didn't get to watch too many of the games because I was in another continent, on another continent, but I was following him on Twitter, and you expect some weirdness, and there's some weirdness. So that's all. that always makes it fun. Yeah, it was pretty standard. Um, I mean, I still think there was a good mix of single game week players like a David Villa or Giovinco that still scored goals and did well. But then your double game week players, Adi, Rudy, Wondolowski, um, Castillo got goals. Typical rotation. And, it, you know, it's... I feel like it's so standard that when the general consensus is a Valeri or a Javier Morales or a Betty Failhaber to be captain, a red card is imminent. And <laughs> especially course, this season, of course it happens. And I don't know. It's like, I'm stoked with my score and I'm happy that I wild carded. Uh, just hopefully this team doesn't fall apart in shambles. Yeah, I mean, and Valeri still even got a, a pretty decent score for for getting that that red yeah. card. So he got eight points, not not awful. You would hope for more during a double game because he could get that in one game. But um, I think the best post that I saw on Reddit to sum up this double game week is is why do I do this every double game week? Why? So we <laughs> we feel your pain and we understand. Uh, so let's get to some housekeeping right now. You know, one more thing. I'm going to expand on your comment, Blaine, about the people who scored that you expect to score. There's also those infuriating moments where everyone is scoring except the guys that you were wanting to score. So that was that was some time, especially that second Sporting Kansas City game. I was like, come on, in, anybody but everybody else. Okay, got it. That's good. That's good, of course. So there was, there was also that as well. Uh, but we're going to go to the housekeeping as usual. And... I'm going to try to start this out, but 
Blaine may take over in a second because the injury report, oh my gosh, as as has been for a little while, Akam is still out for Chicago, but also Papa's out for Colorado and Hoberry and Powers are out for Colorado. The Papa one is is kind of new that just popped up, so keep an eye on that. Um, of course, we have Sara who's out with Columbus. We have Diaz and Hedges both out for Dallas. Uh, and of course, I think the Diaz one is the most infuriating, which turned into like, oh, he got a little knock during training to, oh, he's he's got a hamstring injury. Thanks. Thanks a lot, guys. Can't rush those either. Uh, no, indeed not. Uh, Powell no. and Nagby are out for Portland. I believe Kawarase is also on the injured list now. Myers and Ellis are out for Sporting Kansas City. Uh, Blaine, wh- who am I missing? I know there's got to be more. Uh, Victor Cabrera for Montreal had a head injury this weekend. Uh, subbed out early and unknown on the status of that. Don't know if he's in concussion protocol yet or not. Some other big names on the list. You've got Keen, Morales, and Morales that are all three just still sitting waiting. I think Keen's out for a while, but either one of the Moraleses could return, but I just haven't heard anything on his status. Yeah, I know, I know Javier is still, I guess he had a broken rib, um, and it's been very difficult for him to breathe. He broke it in the uh, Orlando City game. So, so you don't know. I mean, broken ribs, you don't know how long that will take to heal, especially you know, being, I think, 86. It's going to take a while. Is he that old? Uh, somewhere around there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all kinds. I mean, on the plus side, that's going to open up a chance for some of these cheaper players to play, but it sucks. Yeah. The transfers you've got to burn. So keep an eye on the injury report from MLS Fantasy or sorry, from the MLS website. And then Blaine has an article coming out this this week that highlights a lot of those as well on Fantasy Boss. Uh, suspensions, there are a few guys on there, but the only one of any note that we need to talk about now is Valeri. Oh my gosh, you jerk. You, uh, pitiful. For arguing of all things after the at the very end of the game, that's what drives me so nuts is it's 90 minutes plus three or four and you get another yellow card. It's infuriating for me. So, yeah. Uh, I'll say he was hard done by the ref. What, Bingham charged him from 20 yards out and came out and gave him a shove. That's what, that was his second yellow as he got into a scuffle after that. I mean, that's pretty rough. But when has it helped? I think that's the point is, when has arguing with the referee helped somebody's case to either remove a yellow card or to have them be able to accurately express their anger and not get a yellow card. True. It's just it's just yeah. this this futile attempt at everything. It's it's crazy. I bet you were happy though, Simon. You always like to see the Portland guys struggle. Yeah, I mean, I always like to see Portland guys get red cards and preferably like long suspensions on top of that. But with Valeri, he's on my team, so I don't really know about that. That's kind of frustrating. But I guess the bright side is like unless you had Valeri captained, if you have him captained, you should be like pretty angry i suppose but if you didn't basically everyone has valeri so it's not like the red card is really that much of a net loss to you and if you didn't have or if you had valeri on your team you shouldn't really be worried about people who didn't because if people didn't have valeri then i don't know they're probably in pretty bad shape and you don't have to worry about them anyway thanks for bringing that captaincy up again i appreciate it (laughs) well before we go on, as as always, I want to mention we do have a Patreon website for those of you who are interested in supporting the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast. Uh, it's it's patreon.com slash MLSFI. If you do choose to support us, uh, you can make monthly donations to the website. You do get some swag in exchange for it. We've got stickers and we've got mugs, and I, I'm still getting those ordered. So the few of you that have done it. I am getting that stuff worked out. Do not worry. I'm just trying to find the best website. But you can just help contribute to keep the site going. We do have some expenses, especially the hosting with SoundCloud and the archive that we do have each month. And it's just a nice way to get involved if you like what we do and you feel like helping us out. If not, we appreciate you listening and hope you continue doing that. Uh, So that's the standard plug. Any other news for housekeeping from you guys? Nope. Nope. All right. Well, then what everyone has come for, we're going to move on to our psych. No, I told you we're going to talk about draft fantasy. So all of us are in draft fantasy leagues. Blaine is like a veteran of this kind of stuff. So, guys, how are you doing in draft fantasy? I'm sitting on top of my league right now. Uh, Second in points overall, but uh, only lost one game on the season so far. 
Uh, playing in a league with 10 guys means uh, value depth is hard to come by. And injuries can destroy your team pretty quick. So I'm happy to be on top. I didn't have a, I didn't have a strong draft. Um, I had to trade for the two forwards I've got that I start every game. So I'm happy with it. Yeah, I'm in the uh, major league soccer football for fantasy or oh, what am i saying i'm in the mls yeah the <laughs> sorry i'm in the major league soccer fantasy boss chat regs league and i'm in fourth place so pretty happy with that um i am six three and three i'm sorry i'm three and three right now so uh yeah i'm pretty happy with my team it's a it's a little difficult because li- the lineups lock at a, a different time and it's on um, draftmls.com which gave us a little bit of trouble during our draft. It shut down halfway through the draft and then auto drafted everything else. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's fun. I I I don't think I'll be doing it again next year. It's just it, it's way too much time doing this, doing you know other major league. Uh, soccer fantasy and i just i'm just gonna stick to one thing and i am actually not in draft mls this year oh i thought you had joined at the very end with some of the guys no i tried i like completely failed though i couldn't find a time to actually get in a a draft because my work schedule is kind of weird and everyone was doing drafts while i was working so oh there we go i failed miserably uh, well, as Blaine was saying, I am that guy in my league who is has been destroyed by injuries and is suffering from the lack of depth that, that's going on. So I am not having fun doing the draft fantasy. But to be, to be fair, Blaine and I have talked about this on Facebook multiple times. Um, I did not expect anything different going into this just from my experience playing fantasy NFL. I have always been horrible at these draft things and the waiver wire and just keeping up with this stuff. So I'm not surprised that I'm doing so piss poor. Um, others maybe, but they just don't understand how different the season long game is versus the regular game. And moving right on to our next question, just the thoughts that people who may be also playing draft that, that we've learned, uh, Blaine helped me realize this and I started to pick it up early the floor is so much more important that a player has than even so much their their potential ceilings because that's, as Blaine said to me on Facebook, so many games can be won just by your guys getting four or five points from their bonuses as a floor instead of the guys scoring the goals. And that was not something I was thinking of when I did this draft. What you guys, anything else you've learned? Simon, you've learned that people are jerks and like to draft when you're working. That's exactly what I've learned. And it's too bad because I love drafts. I think drafts are really fun. That's what got me into fantasy football, which is what got me into fantasy MLS. And I want to do one next year. Um, Yeah, hopefully I'll be able to get the time sorted a little bit because that's mad disappointing. We should just make a league then next year. Even though I don't want to do it, I'll still do it, I guess. Yeah, so don't ignore your defense. That's one of the biggest takeaways I've gotten after these last two seasons. I won my league last year, and I'm leading right now with a solid defense. I mean, I drafted Beasler and Hedges, and I think Alstead in the fifth round. So I just I went early into the defense, and those guys are getting me consistent points. As I told Reed, it's the floor, and your def- your big defenders can carry that floor for you pretty easy. And I'm going to add, I, I too have a pretty good defense, and I will just share that with everyone right now. I have Powell, Ridgewell, Myers, Sorrow, and Quello. And for those of you keeping score, injured, 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 and possible rotation. So, yeah. That's how that works. So, again, but we, we do have um, – 10 guys in our league. I, I personally, um, again, I'm jumping to the next question. What kind of value do you guys see in this for MLS fantasy moving forward or just MLS in general and trying to attract more of an audience? For me, this may pair better with league expansion because I know NFL's got 30-something teams. Most of the other leagues have at least 30 teams in them. With a larger player pool, it might make it easier for these 10-man leagues. I, I do feel that it gets a little close to the barrel. It's encouraging people to look for sleepers, which is great. 
as a season-long fantasy guy, sleepers are fantastic, but it does really quickly get down to that bottom of the barrel, and that's kind of frustrating. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, though, that <clears throat> most people that are, at least in the States, that enjoy fantasy, they do like the draft system because that's typically what we do in football and baseball and basketball and hockey, even in golf. And they you know, may be more accustomed to something like that. But I don't think that – I think that first they need to they need to stick to one or the other, get that big enough, and then go to a different one. I mean, we're trying to grow, you know, Major League uh, Soccer fantasy right now, but then now we're coming out with DraftKings and all these other things, and then we're coming out with this. It's like just stick to one thing, perfect it, and then expand after that. It's a simple business principle. I totally agree with Jason. Um, yeah, you got to stick to one thing and try and grow the brand. And you can see like this year, I think there might be more active players at this point, but there's fewer players who've actually joined fantasy MLS. Um, there's like 29, 27,000 right now. And last year there were around 31,000. And so yeah, I, think but I think it was closer to like 24, 25 at this time of last year though. Let's go back and look at the numbers. I don't think okay. so. There were thir- okay. I thought there were about 30,000 before the season started last year. Maybe um, maybe I'm thinking 14. And yeah, and I think exactly. I think it was maybe even more like It last just feels like a bit of a regression. Sorry? Yeah. Last year there were like 33,000 cuz last year was my first year. Six mm-hmm. weeks in though? Oh, wait, anyway, yeah, there we're, were, we're, we're, anyway, we're getting off. We're getting off topic. My, my point is that I agree with Jason. They should try and grow the normal game first. And I agree with you, Reed, in that it, draft will get better when there's more teams. Um, draft gets exponentially better the more that people know about the league and the more about the teams. And I think the system they've got right now is really solid for at least a couple more years. Fair enough. Uh, so now we're going to move on to the picks, which is actually what everyone came here for, questions and picks. So as always, guys, we're going to start out with keepers and defenders. And this first question is a combination of a few different thoughts I saw on Reddit. And so some people want to know, after six weeks, uh, are we still thinking that budget defense is the way? It seems like we get this question all the time, but a legit double game week. We'll answer it one more time. Is budget defense still the way to go? And are we still looking at center backs being better than outside backs? Um, so this one's a tough question because a lot of the defenders are kind of low scoring anyway, no matter what their price is. And I was looking at this because I wanted to answer this question well. And, you know, you see kind of on the first page of the people who've got the highest total score, you've got a lot of guys that are on the higher price range for defenders. And I think that's really mostly because that's who's actually starting, right? Um, the flip side is that there are some people who are producing pretty well around that five to six million range who are not marginal who are not who are not significantly worse than the guys of the same price. So you can get people who've got around 30, 32 overall points right now for about six million, whereas you get maybe 38, 39 overall points for between seven and a half and eight million. Um, just on a points per dollar rate, you're probably a little bit better off going with the budget guys, especially because the ceiling is quite a bit lower. Um, You see kind of a mix of center backs and outside backs, so I think that might be a little bit more muddy, although at this point maybe that's due to variance. I still think center backs are a better choice. Um, We'll see if it bears out as the season goes along, but at this point I think it's mostly variance, and you're probably best going with the cheap guys that are producing decently. That's my strat. I'm sticking to it. I do have some expensive defenders right now, but as soon as I get a chance to transfer them out, they're getting out of my team, and I'm picking up the guys who are cheap and doing okay every week. Yeah, I pretty much agree with that. Uh, Budget defense is the way to go. Uh, I picked up Hedges this last week. That was the first time I picked up a premium defender, and I won't do it again because he's hurt. It's It's not worth it. It's not worth the transfer. Quayle is the only one that I've got that's been higher than $7 million all season. I think I'm going to add Tierney this next time because he takes set pieces. He's got a double game week coming up, but he's a set piece taker, so it's hard not to grab him. Other than that, it's all been cheap guys, and it's been watching the injury line. 
uh, when Francis went out for San Jose and then the Galaxy issues. Uh, Stairs and Colby have both been right around that 5 million or under mark. And they've been producing, they're getting minutes. And as long as those uh, subs are getting minutes or getting consistent minutes, they're worth playing. Yeah, for me, I'm kind of a uh, Quelo. Uh, I've had Zimmerman all year and Parker. So those three have been great. Um, I picked up Dia and Campbell on my wild card. Dia being six million, especially with the uh, SKC's injuries at the wing back. And then Campbell, who's a 5.1 consistent starter for Chicago. Yeah, they have a buy this week and they have a buy in two weeks. But for a 5.1 starter, that is, I want to say he's in the top, top tenish. Um, you know why not? And he's got a couple double game weeks coming up. I think in ten and twelve. Uh, cheap starter, good bench uh, for my team. Uh, but to your guys's point, I've always been a budget defender guy because it gives you more room to work. You know to focus on your firepower. I still agree with that to an extent this year. If you look though at just the defender list. I want to say there's maybe five on there that are below $7 million. Most of them that are below seven and like, you know, the 6.8, like a Figueroa started at seven. Um, but if you look, if you're investing 6.5 to 7.5 in your defenders, you're probably netting a much better ROI than you are with a Steris or with a Redding. Um, so I think a good mix of, you know, 6, 6.5, 7, 7.5, and maybe have your uh, your Quelo or Tierney, one of those guys, the rest, you know, 6s, 7s, I think you're solid. Good to go. And let's be honest, if you're getting the budget defense, you're really just hoping to get the odd clean sheet every now and then. That's that's what it's for. And you guys nailed it. It's it's all about switching the, the money into the attacking positions. For me, the center backs still offer the better floor with, with their bonus point generation and the potential threat for, for goals. So for me, as it's always been, and I and I don't see this changing anytime soon, budget D, center backs, that's that's the way to go. And we wouldn't be fair if we didn't also show some love to the other position, keepers. Guys, after six weeks, do you think we need more than one keeper, starting keeper? I, as long as I've been playing this, I've always said two, uh, you need two keepers. I do the same thing in my draft league. I have two starting keepers. If one guy gets hurt, you just you have to have that backup. Or if you're in the case that I was with Jesse Gonzalez, if he's not starting, he gets benched or he gets into a battle. It sucks taking a zero at the keeper line. So I've I've always run two keepers, and I probably always will will run two keepers just because. Yeah, I um I've been very uh, strong on the opinion of you only need one keeper because that could be, you know, half a million, a million dollars invested somewhere else. But with this wild card and just because I'm a last rotation, <laughs> I decided, you know, I'm going to get uh, Melia or Malia. And then I'm going to get a guy that's under five. I really thought about getting Blake from Philadelphia, but I decided I'm going to get Lampson at 4.7. He's increased $0.2 million, has a double game week coming up uh, that is not the same double game weeks as uh, Dallas – I'm sorry, as uh, Kansas City. So that gives me essentially four double game week keepers. Jason is very smart. We should all listen to him. <laughs> well, I, I literally planned <laughs> out my entire – from double game week six to double game week 12 on exactly how I'm going to do it. And so far, everything except for Valeri's red card and Zussi's strep throat has panned out perfectly for me. But, um, you know, I, I did I did want – I'm sorry, uh, sorry, Chicago and Kansas City both have a double game week and double game week 10. But the following week, Chicago has another double game week. So, I don't know. I Back to that question, though, I think that you do need to have – you know, one premium keeper and then a cheap starter like um, either uh, a lamp, a lampson, even possibly uh, Roe from LA. Uh, Blake from Philadelphia is a great shout. So, I mean, there's a lot of good options below 5.0 that are starters. Wara, there's another one, 4.0. Well, if he start, I mean, I don't know. 
Whenever they, they had a tally hall situation now for a while. No, I think I think Jason really nails this one when if if you have a second keeper that starts, it's a great opportunity for some potential value gains. Um, not from my, my keeper, but just with value gains, I've been able to add almost two and a half million to my my total pool of money. So for these guys that aren't playing, even if you're going budget defense, you can look for that as well as a way to help build your, your value. I think that's really the only reason you'd want to have a starting keep or have two starting keepers. Either one of them has to be so incredibly low. It does. It just fits into your budget slot anyway. So why not? Otherwise you're going to see the fewest rotation, the fewest injury risks usually as well at, at keeper. And they're going to be your most consistent guys throughout the whole season. So I'm good with one. I understand Blaine's opinion. It's bit me in the butt during our draft league because I currently have no keepers available to me the last two weeks. Dallas, you're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. All right, guys. Who are you going with for keepers and defenders this week? Who are your picks? Uh, keepers, uh, Melia. I mean, he's just the obvious choice. Um, still got Coelho on the team with the double game week. Been riding Parker all season. Got a double game week coming up next weekend. And with Hedges being out, I'm going to go for Tierney, I think. Uh, double game week and set pieces, it's hard to Hard to pass up on that transfer. Uh, Stairs is going to be my bench guy again. I think that's a move that Guy Sanchez would approve of. Worked out well for him last time. Yeah, for me, uh, I like uh, Parker. I think it was a great pick. Uh, 6.5. Playing at home against Dallas may give them some trouble, but I uh, still a solid starter. Um, I still like the SKC defense and keeper, so Coelho and uh, Malia, Melia. Um, and then the guy that I've had all year, Zimmerman, uh, 6.0. He seems, like I said last week, to have locked in that starting role. And now with Hedges out, looks like uh, it'll be Zim and Lloyd in the midfield. Or, I'm sorry, in, in uh, the middle of the defense shoring it up. Um, For me on keepers, I guess I'll pick Malia again just because he's got a double game week next week. I'm actually making my picks this week based on next week's schedule. I look at the schedule this week. And I'll make a bold prediction of I think there will be zero clean sheets, um, oh. or not maybe not zero clean sheets, but there will be zero. There will be no zero zero games. A lot of these look like matchups to me where there's like not very much potential for for clean sheet points. So I'd feel bad picking defenders, but I'll go with Malia and uh, some random other defender. The one who's on my team is Quello. 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 Quelo, Quail. I'm so bad at names. I feel so bad about that. Um, but I'll go with him and Quelho. 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 Okay, I'm going to get there one of these days. Um, I think those are my picks mostly because of their double game weeks. Next week, I like the Parker pick too, but I can't make that against FC Dallas. He's a guy to look at for next week. I would not buy him this week. That seems quite quite interesting to want to do that to yourself against FC Dallas when you could just buy him next week and get the double game week anyway. But if you're planning for that double game week and you don't have Parker, then I think looking forward to that, you should, I mean, if you're trying to set yourself up to do that for the teams that have multiple double game weeks coming up, I think that that Parker pick at 6.5 is good. Plus they are at home and typically Vancouver does very well in the fortress so hmm. we'll see those are some i think pretty safe picks going forward so moving on to midfielders again i combine a couple of questions here very popular at reddit right now where do we put our money now that diaz question valeri are gone uh and i'm calling this one aka is it time to dare to kaka that's what this question is. So, guys, how do you, if you've got someone like Valeri or Question or Diaz, which is a big name midfielder, how do you spend that money now? I love this question. Um, two guys that jump out at me are Piatti and Kaká. I think that those two guys should easily replace Valeri and Zussi. I'm not ready to rage sell Question yet. Uh, as much as I want to, it just doesn't fit into my plans right now. Really? Really? Is, Okay. Uh, trust me, tr no, trust trust me, I want to so bad. But the the thing is, Zussi, <laughs> if I can keep Zussi, I'll keep Zussi. I just don't know about the strep throat. Stasha, I know, will be playing next week, should have at least guaranteed 
you know, 70, 75 minutes where I don't even know if Zussi's going to play. And I have three free transfers since I wildcarded. So Valeri's gone, which will be Piotti. And then either Zussi or Stasha will be gone, which will be Kaká. And then I really think that since, you know, we don't know if Diaz is healthy, I like, you know, a Castillo or Barrios. Um, even a even a Molino from Orlando, I think that he, he's he's catching fire uh, and looking good. But I I don't know. Uh, I think that gun to my head, it's Piotti and Kaká, and those two should be the ones that should be in your lineup. Sure. Yeah, I pretty much agree with that one. Um, especially Piotti, given that he's got a double game week coming up, I think is probably pretty silly not to have him because that is an excellent pick. Um, otherwise, Kaká seems pretty good, too. Obviously, he's performed well. Um, Money-wise, I think maybe what I'd suggest, though, is flipping, like, if you got a five-man midfield and you got a bunch of these guys, maybe you flip some of that money into a third forward because, at this point, we got a lot of injured midfielders. There's a lot of expensive forwards who are uh, producing really well compared to most of the midfield players and doing so really consistently. And I think that maybe now is the time to flip to a third forward if if you've got a lot of injured midfielders, especially given that some of those good forwards uh, have double game weeks coming up. Why not do it now? That seems like as good of a time as any, really. It's a great suggestion. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to agree too. Uh, Piatti and Kakar, you're two best midfielders behind Diaz and Valerian. I mean, Piotti may be the best one in the game right now. Already have him. I don't know why you're waiting. But with the double game week coming up, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Take him. Kaká's one, if you can fit him in and you don't mind sitting on single game weeks up until the end of May, he's a good one to have. Otherwise, you're going to have to transfer him out for one of these double game week guys. Um and for as overrated as I think he is, uh, Lee Wynn's got to be on the radar this week going into next week. Got a yeah. double game week coming up. He's looking okay right now. But with without Valerian Diaz and Question, who I don't think New York's going to turn it around, so I, I wouldn't keep him on the roster for anything. Uh, Wynn might be your next guy. And uh, to the Zussi comment, uh, strep throat, <laughs> he's had 10 days off. I expect him to be back. I had strep once and I got two shots in my butt and I was back within like a couple days. So I would hope to goodness that that happened to him. Uh, I'm going to expand upon two things with Valeri. I'm going to caution everyone. I was already planning on sitting Valeri for one round, even though he has all that money invested in him uh, to get through the buy for the double game week. Portland will still have two games. So if, if you think that he can last long enough, um, I don't know. Maybe Valeri is worth keeping, if you if you can, because um, he is just a beast when it comes to generation of, of fantasy bonus points. But um, something to keep an eye on because you know that 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 red card suspension will leave eventually, and you'll get him right back. So if it's going to affect you in the long run for having to trade him out now to bring him back in, just really look at at those options. And then as far as Zussi goes, I, I feel like I have to defend this as well because I was a big Zussi proponent during this last round because he is very involved in the attack for Sporting Kansas City. And you can see some of that on his fantasy score, not as we would hope, um, but there's the very good potential that he can just have an explosive game like that. I wish we had had the second game so we could see more of that chance demonstrated to really know if it's a Zussi or a, a Benny because I just feel like to some extent Benny's been in the right place at the right time, which granted is part of the game. And if you know where to be and where the right place will be, you're going to get points. So I, I still want to give Zussi a little more time and I'm not ready to, to rage with him yet. And I forgot to add Valerius only missing the first game of that double game week that they have. So he will come back for the home game against Toronto. So I was just going to bring that up. Right. I just completely skipped over yeah. that. That was the whole point of me mentioning <laughs> that. And I didn't even mention it. So there's, there's that, but moving on our second question, uh, we had a lot of talk about the point changes and how they're going to affect players. Do we think after six weeks, defensive midfielders are worth considering, especially with one of those guys, maybe being Jermaine Jones. No, 
Don't pick up a defensive midfielder. Don't be stupid, please. Um, look at the point scores for the D mids compared to the attacking mids and think to yourself, do I want less points? If the answer is yes, I'll give you a hint. You should pick up a D mid. You could pick up Sam Cronin or Michael Azira from Colorado, and you might you might get some points. You could even pick up Ozzy Alonso from Seattle, and you'll also probably get some points. Wow, he is the um, sixth highest scoring midfielder. But He's, he would be the only one on my list as a defensive midfielder. Exactly. If you look at his scores, um, he still somehow scored a goal. Ozzy Alonso does not usually score goals. I say this as a as a person who watches a lot of Sounders games. Uh, I would not count on that at this point. And it just probably does not seem like your highest bet. He's probably performing at his highest possible level. Um, so even when you get your D-mids on their upper levels, they're still worse than most attacking mids, even attacking mids who aren't doing very well. So, I mean, you do you, I guess, but it seems like a pretty poor idea. Um, Jermaine Jones... We'll see. It's been one week. I wouldn't get too much in a tizzy over it. Maybe he ends up playing a more attacking role. Who knows? In a, um, in a game with snow. Yeah, but like, maybe just chill. Keep it chill. Don't Good go fun. with the D-mids. If people have played fantasy for a while, you should know what the right thing to do is. Don't don't like get too excited about all this. I'm in the same boat. Uh, D-mids just aren't worth it. The only one I could have recommended at any point so far this season would have been Mustavar, but he got hurt three double game weeks in five weeks. That that floor is just high enough, He's and he's averaging five points a game. You get 10 points from one midfielder at that price point, it might be worth it, but he got hurt, so it doesn't matter. Um, Jones playing an attacking role, probably a good pickup. If Jones starts settling in, playing his defensive role like he has for the national team, probably not going to keep up the point production yeah um i agree 100 percent with both of those statements the only thing on the other side of the fence that i'm seeing is with powers injured for we don't know how long and, and papa injured for four to six weeks it appears that jermaine jones will be taking that more attacking role uh so if you're looking for you know an eight point what eight point one eight point or i think it's eight point two uh, midfielder with, I believe, uh, Colorado has a double game. Is it double game week eight or double game week ten? Um, I believe double it. game week ten. Yes. Colorado yes. is in ten. Yeah, so you're looking in one, three, four, four game weeks when we don't know how long Powers or Papa is going to be out for. Maybe a good differential, possibly, but I doubt he's going to – I doubt he'll get into the double digits again – for at least another 10, 10 game weeks, it's just not his forte. Yeah, that's Stay that's ex exactly what I was going to mention, Jason. Spot on with that. So, guys, who are you going to recommend as your picks for midfielder? Well, a lot of the midfielders that I'd like to recommend are probably not super great this week. I just don't love their matchups. But again, I'll look towards the next double game week and say Benny Failhaber. I think a standout player from last year has been doing pretty well when he's been given the opportunity. Um, you know, he, aside from the first game in that double game week where he got a zero, um, that was pretty lame, but otherwise the scores he's had have been pretty consistent and excellent. And I think you should probably have him on your team. If you're looking for a one week guy, I'll go with Federico Iguain because Houston's defense is like a little bit leaky and that might be my punt pick as, as Jason would say, I could like oh, Iguain if you got a random extra. I'm no, not on the punt not. train at all. Never punt. <laughs> Always four down territory in my book. You feel me? But if you are, uh, that might be a good way to go, especially because people just seem to, whatever, like need some places to throw their money at this point. I figured I'd throw one out. If there was ever a time for a punt for me, this is this is when to do it. So it's lit. Yeah, if you're looking to spend that money, um, Piatti and Kakai are still the easy picks. Um, if you're one, if you're not one to get Kaká for single game weeks, uh, Lee Wen, uh, Zussi or Benny, it's a crapshoot on that one. Whichever one's going to show up, I think Benny's going to slowly get back into form, but Zussi's been more active and more involved so far, so it's kind of a toss up on that one. 
But Lee wins my big takeaway from or for headed into the double game week. Yeah, for me, uh, it's been like I said before, Piotti and Kaká. Uh, I really do like uh, Tommy McNamara from New York City FC. I know he only played, I think it was 57 minutes. He got one point this last game, um, but you know, I, I like him and I really like um, Poku as well. Either one of those guys, I think Tommy McNamara would be better though. Poku. Interesting. Interesting picks. Very nice. So forwards, only one question, guys. Uh, best forward option for a Dwyer replacement because some people are worried about the rotation that Sporting Kansas City is going to face. And Blaine, you are a Sporting Kansas City fan. Let us have it. I don't think he's going to rotate as much as people are saying. Rubio's had a couple of good looks. Dwyer's still the guy. Vermees usually stays with this starter. So I don't think Dwyer's going to get rotated. But if you are looking for one, um, really odd one as it sounds is going to be Oduro. Uh, he's he's kind of been my sleeper all season, and with the double game week next weekend, and Drogba coming back in, I th- I just I feel like he's going to have a couple more good weeks before he trails off like he normally does. <laughs> and he hooked up with Drogba for that nice back heel heel goal, didn't yeah. he? Oh yeah. Gosh. Uh, that's the other thing with uh, Oduro. As Drogba comes in, I thought Oduro was going to head towards the bench, but with uh, Romero out on the right wing, he kind of slots into the right wing spot perfectly and keeps that starting uh, starting position for at least a few more weeks. It's that speed, too. is devastating on the wing. That hair. That hair. <laughs> anyway, um, Jason. Yeah, for, for me, I think that if you are getting rid of Dwyer um, – I think that David Villas is a no-brainer. Um, I know he's a 1.1 mil more expensive, but he also has a double game, uh, double game week coming up. He just came off a brace where he looked pretty good. Uh, also, I don't trust him. I don't trust him. I, I know, I know. But another good one that, that who I hate saying but has been Mr. Consistency is – Chris Wondolowski. I know he doesn't have a double game week, yes, but yes. he he. I picked him up, like I said last week, just because I wanted something different that I've never done before. And this year for me is all about trying to do something different to try to you know be in the top fifty. And I picked him, and it was fantastic. He uh, he's doing great, and I I just think that with him in such high form right now, how can you pass on pretty favorable schedule too. Well, I will go with team old guys and say if you're going to replace uh, Dwyer, I'm always on the why do you have Dwyer anyway bandwagon, not to diss him too much, but, like, you got better options. Come on, fam. What are you doing? Uh, you go with Didier Drogba. You go with what's his name? David Villa. Yeah, I'd go with those two guys. That seems like a solid, solid idea, um, especially because you need a double game week player probably otherwise if you were going with like a rando single game week player it would be chris wandolowski because he's been a boss this season but you should already have him um yeah i'll go with didier drogba david via seem like both really good options that have been proven in the past and have double game weeks yeah, do it another great single player options you still got plata sapong um i mean plata still playing it in you know an unreal level. Sapong has still been doing pretty good too. I want to say, I think he got an assist last week or goals. He got, yeah, he got an assist and had four shots, two attacking bonuses. He got eight points out of an 8.2 forward. I mean, it's, it's unreal. Very nice. So you already threw out a lot of options of all these guys who makes your list as your picks for best forwards for this round. Uh, for this round, I'm carrying Wando from last week, and he's going to stay. There's no point in moving him. Um, Via's another one he's got. It's Philadelphia. I know they're better this year, but Via should be a good option for you. Um, I'm on the Oduro bandwagon. I, I think he's been playing really well. Uh, interesting one to look at at a, at a little bit of value. And then Plata again. I mean, he just he's lights out right now. It's hard to avoid that. Yeah, for me, uh, it's two guys that I already have in my lineup, so they're Rudy and Wando. Um, 
Arudi's been Arudi and Tesho have both been killing it this year, but I've had Arudi for a while. Uh, and then debating whether to drop Audi or not. Um, but if for that third spot, I would say David Villa. And my picks are Chris Wondolowski and Sebastian Giovinco. I feel like you can carry your forwards through uh, this week that you already have and make your transfers next week. This might be a good week to make some midfield adjustments. Rather than forward adjustments, I still like going with the best players on a single game week. And to me, uh, that's Giovinco and Wondolowski give you the best options for likely scoring goals. So that's who I'm going with. And we should add that Toronto's first home game is coming up soon. I believe that is round nine. So maybe that's a nice little pre-planning as well. So finally, guys, do you have, I guess this is the penultimate question. Do you guys have any must-have players for round seven, if any? No. Blaine. And that's uh, fair. Fair enough. Uh, Piotti would Piotti, be, exactly. Yeah, Piotti would be the only one that would make my list really as a must-have right now. I agree with that. And finally, who are your captain picks? I have been flipping and flopping between many people because I feel like Wondolowski is the best option. He's been playing so well lately. It seems like solid points. But then there's always just the possibility of a two-pointer from Wondolowski, and that freaks me out. So I'm probably going to do what I always do and when in doubt, Captain Geo, because his base score is probably pretty high um, and he can always just go off. Like your worst case is you'll get a four-pointer, um, and that's probably not going to happen. You're more likely to get something in the range of 10 points. So I guess I'll go Giovinco. Seems like a good captain, the best player in MLS. Might as well have him as your captain when in doubt. Yeah, I like the best player in MLS idea, but right now for fantasy, that's Piotti. They play that first game. If Dra- nah, fam. If, Dra- if, if Drogba's in the lineup, I could take some from Piotti's points, or that could just be a few more assists. Um, they play the first game, so you can see it. Um, I'm looking at Piotti this week. Uh, want, I want to go with Wando, but it's SKC. I just can't go against my own team. And the chance for the shout-out is always there. Melia can go lights out and stop everything Wando has. So I just – I can't do it. Yeah, I uh, I want to go Wando as well, but it's – I'm in between Wando and Piotti. Uh, man, it, it, it's a coin flip between those two. Okay. Just to uh, throw a little gas onto the fire, I don't believe Montreal has allowed a goal at home yet. So, oh damn! Just just, uh, just throwing that out there. Maybe I gotta so rethink anyway, this. Maybe, maybe maybe you're gonna hop on a different <laughs> train, but I, this is what it is. Geo, you're you're locked in. Simon. No, you're I'm yeah, in. I'm captaining Geo. Screw that. <laughs> Stop trying to change my mind. He's the best player. What are you doing? All right, moving on to some of the fun ah. stuff to our community time. Uh, the top scorer from our slash fantasy MLS league this round was Marvin Meza, and he is manager of All Stars 51, and he had a score of 129 points. Which oh wait, that was also the top overall score for the round. So. Congrats, man. Not only were the most awesome player for this round, but you won a $25 gift card from MLS to the MLS store. So awesome. And a new car. Uh, That's only available through the MLS store. If you can buy it, that's where you get your car from. Or maybe it's a Matchbox car. I don't know. Uh, Moving on to, but no, well done, to the uh, MLS FI head-to-head league with the hosts. Uh, I tried to get older goaler on the show this week because I wanted to talk about my victory because I overcame him. I think he was sitting at number one right now uh, with uh, 103 to 86. So a nice, solid win. Good win. Uh, Guy Sanchez is not on here as well. He wanted a chance to be able to brag. So Slomo Sanchez beat uh, Corolla's Balas. Another solid score, 104 to 84. So well done. Well done. Uh, Jason, you and Simon played each other, right? Yes, we did. It was a, it was a well-matched game. Uh, high strung. But... In the end, Royal Army took the victory, 108 over 98 over Sir Miali. GG, Simon, GG. 
I'm coming after you next time. He was in another country, so I know, I know, I definitely jet lag. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. No, that that was fair. Jason had a very good round. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, you, fantasy football. You, you still did good at ninety-eight. You mean if you if you weren't playing me, you're playing. Uh, yeah. Andy, yeah. Exactly. You know? That was my thought. No, no wild card. No wild card. So very solid. Exactly. Exactly. That's a great non-wild card. Team. I'll take I'll take the loss on that one. I don't feel too bad about it. Comeback cat. I always do better the second half. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Uh, fantasy football twenty four seven beat Ben Bear from MLS Fantasy one oh nine to seventy two. Ouch! That Come on, Ben, where are you at? Come that was ben. pretty rough. We got to get them on the show. Oh. They got some oh, good fantasy man. insights, mostly to do Mr. Guy Sanchez, I think. Uh, Mike, that tiger beat my buddy Steve. So congrats, Mike. You 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 beat the taco. Beat taco. Uh, good job <laughs> with that one. And then Travis also really wanted to be on the show to brag. He got the highest score in our league this round, one hundred and ten points, and he beat Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football First uh, with who had eighty two. So both good scores. Travis did fantastic. Uh, Travis is drying out right now. Right now he lives in Houston and, uh, we're just happy that he was not swept away with his new house and, uh, but he did lose his internet. So that is why he is not with us tonight, but yes, well done, Travis. Well done. Next round. Uh, Simon is going head to head with Travis. So we will see how that breaks down, uh, going through the list quickly. Jason and guy are going to face off. That'll be a battle for the ages. And I am going up against my work buddy, Steve. So with hope, I will not lose the taco this round and I will give him some good ribbings while at work. Um, what about you, Blaine? Any other league head-to-heads or anything you want to highlight? Uh, I've played second year with the SKC Legends group. Uh, it's a bunch of guys from Kansas City that helped found the AO chapter and been long-term, long-time Cauldron members. Uh, we've got, what, six guys out of a 16-team league, over 400 points already. Uh, uh, top four are all at 15 or, or 18 points, so... It was tight last year all the way down to the end, and it's going that way again this year. Very nice. I always joined the Sporting Kansas City League overall because I, I know lots of people like to join Chivas or something back in the day because they wanted the easy league, but I like joining one of the harder leagues, so I, I enjoy playing in the, the Sporting Kansas City fans league through MLS. So good guys, good guys. Uh, well, that's all that we have, so we're going to wrap things up real quick. Guys, you have anything you want to plug? Blame, we'll uh, since, yeah, since I'm visiting, um, I got my start in the fantasy writing from a Facebook group called MLS Fantasy Discussion Group. If you guys are looking for a great place to talk, stays friendly, keeps the flaming and the and the and all the hazing down, uh, that's a really good one. Uh, MLS Fantasy Discussion Group. Uh, but but beware, Blaine will sometimes try to stir up people and get the conversation going. So. He's he's got a he's got a sneaky streak to him. Uh, another good thing too, actually, uh, that I will plug is is our website uh, mlsfantasyboss.com. Uh, fantastic community there uh, with not only articles from all of us that are on the podcast, but also there's a little chat room on the side, and it's really interactive. Uh, at least one of us are on at all times. Not to mention, probably you know, twenty to fifty people on, and then during game days, you're you know you're looking at a couple hundred people that are sharing ideas, thoughts, strategies. Just a fun place to go, kill some time, uh, learn a little bit more about the game, uh, throw your thoughts and ideas around, bounce them off people, see what everyone thinks. Uh, just just a fun place to grow, uh, major league fantasy soccer. So check it out. Let us know what you think and. Uh, I look forward to seeing you in there. Simon? I have nothing to plug. Oh, wait. Wait, no. Oh, what am I saying? Um, If you feel like making a donation to something else and you live in the Seattle area and you like dance radio, hey, the station I work for, C89.5, is starting its spring pledge drive on Friday. I would, of course, encourage you to donate to the MLS Fantasy Insider Patreon First, of course, but if you are a person who has a lot of money and enjoy donating to cool <laughs> audio things, holler. That'd be chill. Um, otherwise, I got nothing. Thanks for listening yeah. to that, though. You guys have made my job easy because you've touched on everything that I usually want to plug. The last thing I'll add is please check 
out r slash fantasy mls on the reddit website uh so that's reddit.com slash r slash fantasy mls lots of good conversation rate my teams and uh, it's a very active community very helpful very friendly if you're not already there since they help sponsor this podcast so please check that out and uh, myself and travis will also have articles coming up this week on mls i guess as long as travis has internet we'll have our our experts articles up there so please check those out and all the other experts who periodically make appearances on the show and i have nothing else so thank you so much for listening again tonight and good luck